open my body to suffering. Right? They taught me that they can't help but feel everything. They, they don't have a choice. They, don't, they can't say, I don't want to feel this. Mm. Their whole bodies are listening with their bones and their blubber and their flesh and their hearts to everything that's vibrating in the ocean. And so they, they showed me that they feel incredible suffering. They're feeling incredibly suffering of the planet at the moment because everything's vibrating in the ocean. But they also showed me that that suffering, even of the planet, is really small compared with the great singing of cosmos. So they weren't just listening to the suffering, they were listening beyond the suffering to the joy, the undescribable song of space. And so that was so huge that even the whole suffering of Earth is so small. So they taught me that when we feel overwhelmed, like it's too much, it's too much to feel, it's like feeling through it. On the other side of that suffering is the original joy. So the same in relationship. It's like so much of our journey in relationship is about protecting ourselves from suffering, protecting ourselves from feeling overwhelmed or from old pain or from fear of rejection or from some way that we feel like we can control our world, that we can control love, that somehow we can make love um, you know, into a pet, into something that serves us. When love does not do that, love wants to keep vibrating us out of all of the limitations and confusions and misconceptions that we have. So that path of a lover is a path of like trusting that if you keep vibrating and keep feeling and keep opening, that that suffering will find itself in a cosmos of joy in a cosmos of wild, crazy love. So anyone going on that path has to know where it goes. Like, first of all, there should be a warning on the label. You don't have to be a lover. Like, you don't have to be. Like, but if you want to be, it's the romantic label just isn't, isn't fair. It's like marketing. It's false marketing. It's advertising. It's saying, oh, you'll get to feel good. No, you fucking won't. You will feel as shitty as it's ever possible to feel. You will go through hell. You will have everything ripped away from you that you are attached to. Everything that you think matters to you will be taken away so that you can discover what it is to be loved. It ain't a path of acquisition. It's a path of annihilation of everything being stripped away. So, you know, it's not a path that everybody wants to take. But if you do take that path and you want to take that path, it is a path that goes somewhere. And it's a path that, for those who are called to take it, it's a beautiful path. So one of the things I want to talk about is I want to talk about the way that our distortions around love, not just the romantic love, but even where love comes from inside of us, causes unnecessary suffering. And remember we had that seven chakras yesterday, and it's like how suffering is created when we run from the bottom up, when we run from survival, and that turns into emotional manipulation, which turns into mental, strategic business about survival, 
the whole thing can only go so far. It can't keep going because it's a bottom-up system. It's missing the top down. It's missing what our sole purpose is. Like before we worry about survival, if our soul came in whole and was seen, we would know what we were here to do. So the whole survival strategy wouldn't be running. So the same in relationship. That when we bottom up our relating, so we meet a girl at school or a guy at school and they seem beautiful and they'll have sex with us and and our biology is running our baby-making machines, and pretty soon we have a mortgage and a house, and, and we have the whole romantic dream of love, and we think it's going to work. And it's, it can work if that's where you're going to live, if that's where you live. But if you're a soul, if you're here as a soul, and you're here to awaken as a soul, then you've got trouble. You've got trouble now because your personal connection and your emotional relating is now going to come in conflict with who you are as a soul. And for many people as souls, they know this deep down in their being, and they try not to get in personal connection. Okay? They almost kind of say, like, please don't love me, because I'm dedicated to something else, and I know I'll break your heart, and I know you'll break my heart, and I can't afford to have personal love, because if I have personal love, I won't be able to wake up and remember who the fuck I am and what I came for. So it's incredibly painful because you have to deny yourself in this world personal love because your soul is asking you for something else. And you know that inside you. You know that you're not safe to love in the way that people love out there. You know there's a ruthless part of you that will walk away from that love. When some deeper love calls you, you know that. And so being kind to yourself and others is to not. And you don't even know why you're not doing that. You think there's something wrong with you, that you're somehow incapable of loving the way that other people are loving. In this, but it's because your soul is, can't be trapped by that personal loving. So what happens, you know... In, these, in the planes, it's like one, three, five, seven is the masculine, but the planes of love relationship are two, four, six. So this is the monadic love, the buddhic love, and finally the emotional love. Okay, so if, if you are top downing, you start with the deep love, the universal love, and then it's coated with your soul love, and then you can cloak that in the emotions. Okay, so then you can come into personal loving. But it's based on cosmic loving. Whereas most people love this way. They form an emotional connection with somebody, and then at a certain point, what happens is soul love comes along. They start to meet someone or other people that are not just from their hometown or whatever, and all of a sudden their soul goes, fuck, there's a deeper loving. And now you're caught between your husband and kids and and something blowing off in your consciousness and heart that says something else, and you're caught between these two worlds. One part of you is saying, but I want to be true to this deep connection that I have with someone, and we have kids, and we have whatever. Another part of you is saying, but, but there's something deeper in me that I've forgotten that's emerging that I actually can't. So now we're in this deep suffering, and so much relationship is out there is caught in the suffering between here and here. 
suffering between the personal relationships and soul relationships. And, and because we go into relationships blindly, we don't, we don't have this recognition of being a soul. We don't know how to pair up. We don't know that souls should find souls. We don't know that there's resonance and vibration between souls, and even deeper, that monads need to find monads. So we're learning to love this way, but it really should be this way. And it causes us suffering. So, because this is the bottom of the fountain, there is water here, but it's not coming from source. It's not overflowing. So emotionally, we hook in because we have the feeling of love. We fall in love, we get married or whatever, and there is an experience of love in our emotional wholeness. But because we don't have the source of that love, it starts to run dry. And then we start to fight over where the love is and, and was. So this is the emotional bond of, of connection. And then when you, so this is like planets coming together, and that desire also flows into our sexual erotic because the emotional world flows through into your etheric. So if you have strong sexual and erotic connection and strong emotion and desire, which has often come from polarity and opposites, it creates a very strong bond. But then it's also, if your souls are not aligned, it creates tremendous suffering because when you get to the point where that bond is in conflict with your soul, then you have to choose the relating or you have to choose your soul journey. So many people like either don't get into strong personal connections or when they're in them, they either then say, well, actually, I'm going to be true to love. And I know with my first wife was a woman I met from when we were 16. We were deep friends and loved each other and we had children together. And there's that thing inside me that just said, look, if I was on a desert island with any human being, I'd learn to love them. So... I can, we can love, you know, and, and that love is, is going to be true regardless of other stuff. And I can do my soul work and everything else. But all of that was true, but it was denying that there is a perfection in cosmos. That me choosing to love no matter what was also denying her the opportunity for her soul to flower in the way that she needed to flower. So that deep drama for a number of years of like, fuck, but we love each other and we have kids together and there's so much that we really want that really works, but also our souls are going in different directions and they want different things. So that suffering that comes from, oh, this is true, and yet, what does that mean? How do we loving support other, uh, each other to go in the directions that we need to go? So that's emotional loving. And then there's soul loving. And... What someone was saying, Lisa, like for many of us, we, we, we go to the transpersonal loving then, but we, then we don't want the personal because the personal is where the suffering is. So then we get up into the personal, the transpersonal, and it's like, yeah, now we are in transpersonal loving, but I don't really want to know about your family. I, I want to love your soul. I don't want to love that wrinkle at the corner of your eye. I don't want to love the the, the um, twisted tooth. I don't want to love you in the, in the intimate detail. I want to love you in the general. You know, because we're afraid that if we go all the way down into the small, and then we can get into the bypass. And that bypass says, I love your soul, 
and even when you die, I'll still love your soul, and that's fine, and I'm in transpersonal loving. But my body, if you die, won't hold your body again. My emotions will grieve. Um, so there's a personal animal connection. I'll, my animal will miss the smell of you. you know, so these are true at this level. Even though at this level, the soul truth is true that yes, we are in eternal love and there is something transcendent. So how to then integrate, particularly being wounded down here, how to integrate your personal and your transpersonal loving, which is another whole journey. So then now maybe you've found a soulmate. You've found someone that your soul really resonates with. Your souls have alignment. You're in support of each other at a deeper level. And so then you form personal and emotional connection. And so now you've got water flowing from here to here. And by the way, you can tell when that's happening because when somebody's sharing emotionally, you can tell whether that energy is just churning around down here or is buddhi moving through it. So you could feel some of the shares today. When Buddha's moving through it, there's still emotion, but love is flowing through the emotional field. Okay, Buddha is flowing through the astral field. When it's not, then this expression of emotion is like clogged, and it's normally needing help. Like it's needing sympathy, or it's angry, or it's because it doesn't have connection to Buddha. So inside ourself, there is this three-tiered fountain. And being able to put the love of our soul and our heart through our own emotions heals them. And then the next level of relating is monadic. And so what this looks like is there's the black hole, there's the sun, and there's the planet. If we go from the outside in, we start with personal relating, and then we have to break that often to do our soul relating. And then we have to break that to do our monadic connection. If we really were an enlightened society that kind of knew souls and consciousness, we would start with a really deep seeing and feeling of who the being is and what their deep affiliations are. So when you meet monadic people, like people that, that are part of your ashram on these high planes, there's not even any sense of soul connection or you just fall through each other. There's just, it's like when two galaxies come together, the black holes merge. Monadic connection, you have such a deep resonance that there is no you and them. Okay, there's just this experience of one self. Like you know them as intimately as you know yourself. Because there's, that's the that's the monadic connection. It can, of course, and you can have that for a moment um, anywhere. You can have that experience of oneness. But if it's monadic, there's something that already is. So you don't have to create it. It already is. And this is part of the deep suffering of awakening. Is that you lose more and more choice. Like down here, you can choose. You know, you can like write a list of the girlfriend you want or, you know, the life you want. Here you have less of choice because your soul is in charge and it's helping your body-mind surrender to um, the choices that you've already made and our options to you. 
here you almost have no choice whatsoever because there's almost no self left. So the gradual path of awakening this way helps you find what already is. Okay, so in a world where, where we changed and all of a sudden we had spiritual governance which was sourced from here and not from here and we had relationships that were sourced from affiliations we already have on some very um, subtle plane manifest in the world, then we'd just discover like the veils of Avalon would part and we'd see our spiritual leaders were here all along. They were here all along. We just didn't recognize them because we were going from bottom up. And the people we love are here all along. Like they already are. So the same way that you had a call when your soul came here, which was like your personality is trying to figure out why am I going there again? Like what am I, what's in it for me? Like what am I getting? And your soul's just like, nah, there's something here. Like just, just come. So that's the journey of starting to flip upside down. And when you flip upside down, you realize, oh my God, love is sourced this way, not this way. And the reason that, that we can't be unconditional with loving down here is because we don't have the source. We don't have the, the eternal well, the life-giving waters. The whole spiritual journey is to go find the source. And the source of love pouring into our field of earth is pouring in through the monadic plane, dropping down into the, soul, into the buddhic, and then pouring through here. But if we have cut here, and this is where the body mind is, if we have cut here, then we don't have access to the source of buddhic love, let alone monadic. So what happens is it comes through in a moment of I love you. Like for a moment, buddhic love comes in, in a romantic connection or whatever. Someone looks you in the eyes, and they tell you that they love you. And it's true. But then your emotional body gets hold of it and wants to take it into the physical, emotional world and wants to make it true there. Okay? It's true here, but it may not be true there. And this is where a lot of the suffering is. But you said you loved me. Okay? Well, I do love you, but now your emotions are talking to me. Now your emotions are saying, you said you'd be there for me and never leave me. Well, no, I never said that. I said I loved you at the soul level. So this, this is a big cause of suffering. Where we know when we're in love with someone and we're in a deep relationship with them that there is love there. But when we don't feel it, when we don't feel it, then we will try to unravel it. Instead of realizing there's something wrong, I've lost connection with these higher spheres, we then grapple and fight each other down here to try to get the love emotionally that is not going to come unless it can pour through from here. So if you understand this model, you also can understand where the suffering is and where the dramas are in your relating. When you're connecting with somebody, what's going on? And for people who are souls, often they're quite wounded here, which means that they have rejected the personal emotional loving in favor of their, their soul. Which means down here, there's parts of us that other people grow through many relationships that aren't growing, that long for personal love, that we have had to put aside for the sake of the transpersonal and, 
and the higher realms. So actually, enlightened souls, including me, to the extent that I am, are desperately needy for personal love. Like, desperately. Underneath all of the facades and everything else, there's an emotional body that's, that's mainly saying, I haven't had human personal loving. I've been, I've been in the transpersonal and these other dimensions. So when soul groups start to come together, and particularly when monadic groups start to come together, it's actually safe to love personally because nobody's going anywhere. Okay? It's not safe to love emotionally if you're still climbing the ladder because you're going to split. But if you're coming back down this way, then finally you can find people that it's safe to open your personal heart to, to really let their love flow into your tenderest <coughs> emotional selves because they're never going anywhere because you're already deeply connected to them. So the journey of, of turning your idea of loving upside down so that it's actually a flow down the planes rather than something that you're climbing up towards. And then to start with this universal love that's fundamentally there. And the body-mind that's not solarized doesn't believe it. It only knows personal love because that's all it has access to. But your soul knows it. Your soul knows universal love. And so when you go to the universal love first and then add soul love and then add personal love. Now, when the personal love goes for a moment, the person emotionally abandons you or whatever, then the soul love's still there. And then when that love goes, the universal love's still there. So the foundation of your loving is not bottom up. It's not like a pancake. Because what most people are doing is when they don't feel loved anymore emotionally, they think the love is gone. And for many people, it has. The love has gone. But if you can find this style of relating, the love never goes. Because you, you are just discovering people that you are already deeply affiliated in love with. And so, for example, you know, somebody dies. Now, if you... If you have a deep soul connection with them and they die, that connection doesn't go anywhere. It's still there. Just that you can't hug their body-mind anymore, which is a source of grief for your body-mind. So then you can fully grieve because you can let your body-mind grieve. You can let your animal express the fact that it loved that animal, that the personal loved the personal. But if you don't, if you're in a spiritual bypass, you repress that. You don't let your personal have its emotional reactions because you are defaulting into the transpersonal. So in a field like this, part of the beauty of last night, and I thought was, the, was that um, sweet tenderness that came, you know, when people could feel just relaxed with each other's souls and not running agendas with each other. So because this is a field of soul, you can both clear your emotional history around love, and, you, and it's safe to let soul love 
throw, flow through your feelings. So the invitation of that then is, is to be personal. Like to be personal. You can be personal. But not fall into the personal. Okay? And so a lot of people have come and done this training and gone to this thing. It's like, oh, you're not allowed to be personal, Hyden. It's like, it's all, you know, like transpersonal and the soul and whatever. It's, there's a difference between regressing to personal, which is like falling back into it with all of the stories that the personal self has and taking your soul into the personal. Like those are two different things. One is letting go of the soul and reverting. And the other is taking your soul and shining it down into the very small parts of ourselves and each other that don't know that they're loved, that are scared to love. They're scared to open. So it's an invitation to, if you can center your identity in the soul, then you can extend your love. And the soul can also start to feel towards the monad, can start to feel towards the deeper part of the soul, which is not love for another but it's just the principle of love itself. So again, you can imagine when planets come together, they have a, a bash, you know, just like two emotional bodies trying to have a love affair. They're going to um, have a power struggle. When suns come together, they spin around each other. So now you have soul relating. Soul relating is, is an orbit, a mutual orbit of your souls in subtle dimensions on all the way down into the physical. But normally when suns orbit each other, one starts to drain more energy from the other, one heads towards a black hole, and the other becomes bright. Okay, so even in soul relating, there is, a, there is an exchange of energy. And then in monadic relating, the galaxies just come together. So there's a pathway to learn to love, and then there's a pathway to express that love when you found it. And if people could have honest conversations with each other, you're in a love affair with somebody, and you could really feel into, okay, so what is this about? Is it about emotional wounding that we're healing with each other from our parental things? Is it about you know deep friendship and companionship? Is this is this a soul? Is this a steep soul connection? Do we have work to do together? Or are we here to support each other's soul expression in the world? Or, or is this a monadic connection? Is this something that is just undeniable and always is? It doesn't even matter if we never even have a love affair. Just uh, I know you intimately and deeply and you're always going to be in my world. And, and what relationship between those levels is appropriate for us. Can it be, can it be um, all three? All three. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants all three. <laughs> yeah, true, true marriage, like in the future, will be all three. Because, because souls will be seen for who they are, what they come to bring, what their, what their alignment is with the higher ashram, and it would just make total sense for them to find the people that they are most effective and most inherently in love with. Like where love between them is not difficult, in fact, it's unavoidable. So 
So, of course, we can romanticize all of this with soulmates and twin flames and use it for all kinds of, you know, skullduggery. But there is a deeper truth, and the deeper truth is that there is resonance in cosmos and souls are part of a much bigger universe that already is vibrating somewhere with resonance and harmony and joy. And the suffering, a lot of the suffering is because we, we break the symmetry of cosmic relating with our own desires and wills and need. So we think we know what's best for us. And we get to learn through suffering, desire and suffering. We desire to create our own reality and our own world and then we either get it and we suffer or we don't get it and we suffer and then we gradually learn to surrender and let go and then we realize, oh my God, there's a divine plan already. I am already part of it in my core nature. I am already vibrating with the music of the spheres. If I just let my core sound forth like the whales, it will naturally call to me who I'm vibrating with and they will show up in my life and it won't be hard, it will be easy and that harmony will then call to others and will call to others and will call to others. Now we have a civilization based on, on the deep harmony with cosmos, not on a whole lot of rules and agreements and relationships and desires that are so confused and so human. So human. So, yeah. Um, I had a dream about this in the temple last night. Uh -huh. So, um, before we came here, about two weeks before we came here, um, I met somebody who I've known for probably over 12 years. We have a very deep soul connection, and I've avoided any form of personal relating with him. But when we met a few weeks ago, we had this experience of two galaxies merging, and it was, I mean, it was a very rare thing for me. It was absolutely extraordinary. And then we absolutely um, flew out on the personal level to, to points where it's like absolutely intractable that we could imagine relating with him. And, I just walked into the coffee shop and there he was and we kicked off at the upper two tiers of where we were and this bottom tier was totally unimportant. Mm. There, was all, there was nothing to talk, there was nothing mm. to discuss down there and mm. even though in my personal body mind I'm like, well we have to go through something possible, you know. Um, and it was this beautiful, this beautiful dream. Beautiful. Well it's interesting that in, in the past and People have handled this in different ways because the world hasn't turned upside down yet, okay? So the world's still bottom up. And the way people have handled this sometimes in the past is they have their personal relating. You know, before romantic love in particular, people would be like, well, we're marrying for the family and, you know, like tradition and whatever. So we have our personal connection, but that's never expected to be your soul love. And then maybe even in the romantic dream of the West where people try to be true, you can have your family life, and then you have your platonic relationships that are soul, but you stay away from sex and emotion because you keep them platonic and you keep those worlds separate, but they're deep love affairs, you know, uh, and, and you know, they're muses, and you know, there's some part of your soul that just opens to another soul. You understand each other in a way that your husband or wife never understands you. And so you have that world separate. And then you have even your monadic world, you know, like is, is something that's also separate. So you might have your spiritual group, your soul group, and then you have your monadic group, and then you have your family. And these worlds are separate. 
So people have managed the fact that this is just the way it is. It's not like another model someone's coming up with. It's just this is the way love is precipitating out of the big to the small. You know, it emerges the other way, but it comes this way. Yeah. Do you think that money can also take people away from a soul awakening? <laughs> How much have you got? Well, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I feel like it's you know, such a struggle sometimes for abundance of money to come in, and then I'm feeling like, if I do get that, am I going to want to like fuck off to Fiji for a year or something and not even... So tell me, are you... Yeah, but I'm asking you. Am I doing that now? No, if you made a lot of money, would you fuck off to Fiji and abandon your soul path? I can a little bit. No, I'm asking you. Oh. I want you to look me in the eyes and tell me the truth. It's that simple, really. One of the reasons that we don't allow things to happen in our lives is we don't trust ourselves because we haven't set our will. When you set your will, you're basically saying, okay, universe, if you give me a million dollars, I know exactly how I will use it. But what most people do is like, yeah, until I get the million dollars. And then it'll be like, well, now I'll, ah, oh, yeah, I know I said that, but blah, blah, blah. If you really want to live a life of your sole purpose, you have to know and decide who you are and where you're going and what you'll do regardless of what happens to you. If anything that happens down here in the realm of money and meeting someone or whatever can stray you from your path and you haven't found your will. And the danger of down here is it's a very strong allure. Sex is a powerful allure. Money is a powerful allure. Emotional connection is a powerful allure. So until we are strongly centered in soul, there's always a huge danger of being swept off our journey by the allure of matter. So, and it's endemic. Yeah. No. Yeah. What's the time, please? Just after one. Yeah. Okay. So just... Thank you. I have fear of um, surrendering completely to love and personality. Yes. Um, and now uh, maybe I, I understand why. Because I know that if I do it, then I might um, not really fulfill my sole purpose. Then mm -hmm. my personal would drag me there, my emotions and mm -hmm. sex, and everything, and I won't be able to focus. Yeah. So would you say that one, I rest in a more stable way in my soul and my purpose, it will be easier for me to also surrender to the to love and the personal yep. And also find other awakened souls to love personally, like and and my relating, you know, and my deep relating with beloveds that the the essence is like, I will never let you escape being who you fucking came to be. No matter how much I want to like, my pledge to you is I will hold you to your 
deep soul person. When you can't, when you can't, when you're allured by just wanting to hang out with me, like, like it's so difficult when you haven't had that to when you have that, you want to be swept away, just you and me in a picket fence somewhere in some, or not even a picket fence, BG, just somewhere, just you and me. In fact, so many people come to gatherings like tantra work and so on, and they, it's all about this soul awakening, but underneath it's about this. Either they want to get laid, more on the masculine side, or they're looking for a partner. And as soon as they get their partner, open relating, and all of this stuff will disappear, and they'll snaffle them off, and they'll try to live their, 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 their dream. So you need to know and tell the truth about these parts of us, because we all have these parts. But your soul has to be stronger than those parts if you really want to live a soul life. Otherwise, just get a little bit of soul and then go off, you know, but the tanks will run out. And probably for most of you, it's not possible. Like, I wish someone had told me. I wish somebody had taken me aside at 17 or 18 and told me who I was. I just reflected to me who I was and what I came for and that it was okay to be me. In fact, I can't be anything else but that. So if you know who you are and you know what you've come for, then you don't allow yourself the same dreams other people have because they're counterproductive. And if you don't do that yourself, then it will happen in your unconscious. You'll just find some way of always picking failed love affairs or blocking people out, or your soul won't let you anyway. But if you know who you are and you choose it, now all of a sudden you can have the things that you can have. You will meet the people who souls will let you have the personal deep longing connection that you want, but they won't let you give up your soul purpose. So that's why soul groups, it's much safer to let personal love in because you're less likely to get hauled away by an agenda. And one of the saddest things often I see with soul people is that they, the easy thing to do is find someone to fall in love with you as a soul. And then now you have a reason not to live your soul purpose because you know, you can be the soul to them. You can shine to them. And now that, and they can live your unlived personal life and you can live the transpersonal. And those ones are really hard because one's been the teacher and the other one's the student. And now you've created a little microcosm and you both have a reason for not doing your own work. So codependence happens on all levels and it's very powerful. So... Anyway, I hope this model might be useful to some part of your own relationship journey. And at Haydn, the invitation is recognize we're all here as souls. That's why I said don't try to hook up during the six weeks with someone. Like, do your soul journey. But do allow yourself to be personally loved as well as transpersonally so that we, you can let some of those um, sacrifices that you make as a soul be healed. Enjoy your lunch. And then community day, so 3 o'clock, um, we'll meet back here.